You're listening to Soul Work with San, where we believe your soul is worth the work. I'm grateful to have you with me on today's episode because we're going to try and dig into why outrage, well, it's all the rage. And I promise I won't do a pun like that again. (laughs) But are you ready? Let's work. As my uncle would say, family with a B, heavy on the B. <laughs> Wagwan. Now you already know what I'm about to ask. How's your soul doing? I'm hoping all is well with you and grateful to report that all is well over here. What a weekend, right? I know it's Wednesday, but we've had a pretty good weekend. There was Juneteenth. Some folk was barbecuing and celebrating and had wonderful t-shirts, great designs. Now it's a federal holiday, which has some folk feeling victorious and others rolling their eyes. But growing up, it was never talked about in school. So I'm going to just count the awareness of it as a win, because progress is still progress. Now, Father's Day was this past Sunday. Happy Father's Day belated to all the fathers. And I think it was just so dope to see all the love that was shown, especially to the black fathers. I remember just a few years ago, there was just quite a few memes that were around having to remind women to not accost Father's Day for themselves. So I don't know if it's the culture of social media and the age of sharing everything and making all these posts or tributes, or if it's because men are becoming more and more active in their kids' lives. Perhaps it's a combination of both, but either way, it's dope to see. Now, we've got family in town. My mother-in-love and my sister-in-love, they're here hanging with us. So you may hear some excitement in the back because the kids are through the roof excited to have their family with them. And we're so happy to have them here, too. It's been a goal of Rue and I that we have a home of hospitality and fun. We want to be able to create a space where people can come, feel welcome, eat good, laugh loud, and feel safe. So it's funny, in the next month this summer, we're meeting up with friends and family just about every week. And we can't wait because I think it's safe to say that I'm an introvert who missed people. I really did. It'll be good to get around some people again. Now, see, I got the warm and fuzzies out the way on purpose. It's because today's topic is going to be one that I've been meaning to dive into for a little while. A few incidents have popped up recently, and I've been asked by a few members of the family to speak on it. And uh, I think I shall but probably not for the reasons you may think. See, we've got to talk about anger, and more than that, outrage. Why are we so mad? What is really driving us? But more importantly, how is that anger forming us? Main topic is coming right now. to the chase today. Recently on social media, there's been a giant kerfuffle. Love that word. Shout outs to old Judge Judy episodes. But there's been a kerfuffle about the behavior, conduct, and antics of Christian influencers and celebrities, which is a bit of an oxymoron, a Christian celebrity, but let me move quickly. It's caused many folk to make obscene comments on people's appearances, their current walk with the Lord, and according to them, condemned future. Simply put, many of the saints is mad. But not only mad, oh no, they big mad. But why? 
Why is it that when someone with a public platform does something unwise or ridiculous, many of us get to tapping on the keyboard with more fervor than we have in our own prayer life? It's a quizzical thing. I remember a couple years back, the NPR podcast Hidden Brain, they did an episode on outrage and it really resonated with me. It was eye-opening. See, the research showed that social media and the endless outrage found there, it's beginning to even change our brains. And went further to say that when we share our anger with other people's actions, it feeds some of the pleasure areas. They get activated in the brain. In other words, anger, it feels good. So good that when people were proven wrong about something or someone they were mad with, instead of turning or recanting with humility, many doubled down and got even more upset and referred to the truth as a lie. Now, I think I just described the election season we just came out of and why something like the big lie is even a thing. Outrage, it leads to pride, and we know where pride leads. Perhaps this is how a picture of two newly married people dancing can turn into people cursing said newlyweds future. What? Like, how do people even feel comfortable doing that? We all, we have a right to disagree. I'm going to be real with you. I am high-key annoyed at our current culture's love to overshare. We're the only generation I know that will take a selfie in the hospital or just put a picture up of the white wristband with a caption like, not again, throw some prayers up for your boy, the devil's wildin'. Like, sir, could you, could you put your phone down and convalesce already? We're the only ones that'll take selfies with tears streaming down our faces, having a bad day. Like, sis, are you, you, you directing your own documentary? Cool, cool, cool. Okay, cool. I love us for real, but the weird ways we find to flex or the need we have to give all of our goods or vulnerabilities to strangers, that's not always authenticity. It's just annoying. So yes, just because you can doesn't mean you should. It's a principle I live by. Rue and I, we made four babies in six years. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Clearly, we weren't just playing Uno all day. Huh? Praise his name. But you're never going to see a post on that because that's me and my preference. Somebody else, they may share more because that's them and their preference. One preference isn't necessarily better than the other, it just is. Now, yes, there are instances where there may be a lack of wisdom. Sure, there might be an angle involved, and of course, as a public persona, the pressure is different. But fam, none of that justifies the vitriol from fellow believers. Sinners, I understand, they're going to be worldly and do what they do. But the blood boy is out here doing this, cursing folk, telling them that they're wrong and off and going to hell. How? Like the idea that someone can wish ill will on a couple in their future because you don't like the way they celebrate, it's demonic in nature. To try and curse someone's future, think about it. And it stems beyond this incident, right? Like this incident is actually old news, but it keeps happening every time a Christian celebrity or influencer or someone with some sort of platform, they step out of bounds and the folk get to swarm in. So I guess my deeper question is, Why have Christians taken it upon themselves to be the moral police? It's legit, not our job. It's a distraction from what we're actually called to do. So fam, can we beware and be careful that our passion is actually for scripture and not our own righteousness? I came across this Thomas Merton quote from a a Rich Velotis tweet. You should follow him if you don't. Dude is dope. 
But Thomas Merton said this, the devil makes many disciples by preaching against sin. Ooh, say la sugar. Take a second to let that breathe. We've made it easier to tell someone they're off and wrong and going to hell than to simply pray for them and then strive to live a godly example in our own life. Or to even try and draw close to others in love first because you can't correct who you offend. You, you yourself, you don't receive correction from people who offend you. So why do you think your insult will open their ears to what you think they should do? Now, that's a whole nother can of worms. I'm not opening up on this podcast. The fact that many of us have had harsh words given to us by our own spiritual leaders or parents or people in our lives. So we think that pain is the only way to correct people. It's a false doctrine. It's wicked. It's not the way of Christ. And it's caused so much pain and it's unbiblical. And before you tell me the story of Elijah and Elisha and them having a hard convo, don't do it. But I won't go there. That's a tangent. And that's another podcast for another day. For now, can we stop projecting our shame on others and let the Savior heal that? Because when you're healed, you'll help others do the same. And when you're not, perhaps that's why the delivery is so mean. Now, I get it. It's cool to be mad. And don't let you find other people in your circle who are mad, too. Now, look at you, chilling with a mad crew. It's the echo chamber of anger. But where is the anger leading you? How is it forming you? And here's the other part. Not if, but when you do your own dirt, how will you reconcile that with all the shame you was popping at those people over there? Can't you see the enemy's tactic? Let's be clear on this. Self-righteousness breeds secret sin. Every time. Full stop every time. So humility, care, mercy, grace, nuance, not knowing the whole story and being okay with that. Can we bring these concepts back into our convos, please? And while we're doing that, let's fight the temptation that seeks to analyze someone else's behavior by creating barriers to Jesus. That's a Pharisee. I know it because I was one. It's wild, though, because all throughout the Gospels, Jesus is very clear about what our job and calling is. What is it? Go and make disciples. Have you been healed? Good. Go tell folk about the healer. Have you been forgiven and delivered? Tell others they can be too. Love one another as he has loved us. That's our command. That's our mandate. This is reason 762 of why I love Jesus. He's clear on his instructions. And you know what? Policing people's wardrobe and lifestyle choices is not one of our life assignments, friends. I know, I get it, but it's not. Now, Some of us, we grew up in certain denominations, organizations where that's a real thing. And there are layers and reasons for why respectability and presenting ourselves a certain way, why that was a thing. Unfortunately, throughout the years, for many folk, it's become the main thing. And I'm just here with a friendly reminder to let you know it's not. It's not. Don't take something that Jesus never spoke of and make it the main thing. What a waste of the gospel. Is there a standard of life and conduct for the believer? Absolutely, and of course. However, the standard's not us, it's him. I'm gonna say that again, because it's important. He's the standard, not you, not me. And learning, following, and becoming like him, then that takes time. So give the people you don't know the grace and gift of time with Holy Spirit to do the transformative work of the gospel. Isn't that what he did with you? 
So with the mercy and grace you've been given, share that with others. I promise it'll do more for you than outrage ever will. Because if we spent more time cultivating good around our community versus tearing it down with our words, we'd gain our rightful reputation again. Here's a fun fact you may have been waiting for. You don't have to form an opinion about other people's behavior. I know, it's, it's revolutionary. Because we've been coddled through social media and secretly sponsored hot takes to believe that we must have an opinion on whatever is put in front of us. I'm sure we all love a sophisticated read. But it's liberating to know that your focus can be on creating and cultivating good within and throughout your community, so much so that you literally refuse to make time to form a judgment on someone else. You can trust that if someone is being foolish, there are people in their life that will correct them in love. And you can trust that the one who's promised to keep you from falling, that being the father, he's going to do the same for another. It's not negligence leaving people alone. It's actual diligence to the people you are entrusted to. A hard truth is we've become obsessed with people who are gifted. And for some of the folk, their gifts have made room for them in spaces where their character is still being developed. Such were some of us. And still, hello? Yet, didn't he give mercy? Didn't he cover us? Okay, so what's good? Why are we hell-bent on shaming people into submission? That's not the good news. It's not our job, and it's devilish. Yo, when Christianity first started, it literally turned the world upside down. The idea of hospitality, of value of every single life, no matter what, that came from the gospel of Jesus. The first hotels and hospitals were at the hands of believers because of what they came to know about love through what Jesus taught. So the idea that now Christians have been reduced to self-appointed pundits of punishment and shaming, that we've made ourselves irrelevant through blaring hypocrisy and cruelty, it's damaging to an already broken world. But here's the thing, fam, there's still hope, and we have time to restore our true values again. So this summer, it's looking like outside is opening up. Step away from the keyboard, will you? Put down the phone every once in a while and go be a mentor to a kid. Go check on your strong friend. Go send your mean Aunt Myrtle some flowers just because. Write a letter to your cousin or uncle or aunt who's incarcerated and just love on them. Share a laugh with your neighbor. Smile at a stranger and say hello first. Do your part to be salt and light and leave the rest to God. I promise you, he's got it covered. Now that's all I got today, fam. May you leave this episode encouraged and liberated. As a recovering Pharisee, I know what it's like to think highly of my own thoughts about how the world is supposed to work according to what I believe the Bible says. I'm not saying every believer has a permission slip to sin. Read Romans 6 and have a seat. But I am saying your life will be richer, sweeter, fuller and filled with purpose the day you decide to intercede rather than interfere. The day you learn to love people enough to leave them to God, you're going to love your life again, I promise. Because this frees you up to answer the call in your own life, to go and make disciples. So get in the business of those you're actually called to, not of those you follow on a screen. Thank you for listening. Will you subscribe and share the show if it blessed you? Thank you much. 
Come back again next week. I'll be here with another bonus episode. Now remember, fam, you're only going to hear one of two statements on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.